welcome to this edition of Footnotes, a podcast from Celtis First Baptist Church in Lufkin, Texas. For more information, you can visit us at Celtis.org. That's K-E-L-T-Y-S dot O-R-G. And now, Footnotes. And welcome to another edition of Footnotes. It's Pastor Mark, and today we have a very special guest joining us. It is evangelist and author Justin Peters. Justin, so good to have you on Footnotes. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Hey, Mark. It's great to be with you. You're very welcome. Thank you for the invitation to come. Well, we're excited because, Justin, you're going to be doing uh, two main teaching sessions, one in Jacksonville, Texas, at the BMA Theological Seminary, and you're also going to be doing a session uh, one night while you're in our area here at Celtis First Baptist Church. So what I thought I would do is I would just allow people to get to know you, so I wanted to ask you three questions. Number one, I'd love to hear your testimony, kind of who you are, where you come from. Secondly, I'd like to know the ministry that you're doing now, how God is using you. And finally, just give you the opportunity to share some of the things you're going to be talking about both at the seminary and here at Celtus First Baptist. So let's get started. Uh, Justin, brother, why don't you tell us uh, your testimony, who you are, and uh, how God brought you to where you are today? Well, uh, I was born and reared in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and uh, grew up going to uh, First Baptist Church in Vicksburg. Uh, where my parents still attend. Um, I made a profession of faith, Mark, when I was seven years old, and I, I got baptized. I was not converted, genuinely was not converted until um, uh, much, much later, even as a preacher is when I uh, experienced the, the, the true new birth. But um, anyway, uh, I was uh, I was born with cerebral palsy, and that, in in God's providence, he has used to kind of set me on the path that I am on today. When I was a, a teenager, a neighbor of mine came up to me and he told me, he said, Justin, God has spoken to me and he's told me that he's going to heal you as long as you have enough faith. And at age 16, this really resonated with me. I wanted to be healed. I uh, wanted to be able to play football and do all the things that my friends are doing. And I went to a faith healer named Nora Lam, L-A-M, a Chinese woman, uh, fully expecting to be healed. And uh, of course, I, I was not. Uh, I'm, I'm still handicapped, still crippled. Uh, and so God, and, and at the time, you know, I thought I was a Christian. I, I wasn't. But uh, uh, God used that in, in his providence. He used that to kind of set me on the trajectory that I'm on today. That was my first exposure to the word faith movement, the health and wealth, name it and claim it, prosperity gospel. And um, it, it wasn't until years after that, as a seminary student, that I began to study the word faith movement at a more academic level. And what I came to realize is that the word faith movement, this health, wealth, prosperity gospel, the doctrine says it's always God's will for a Christian to be wealthy, always God's will for a Christian to be healed. This movement is actually rooted in the metaphysical cults, Christian science, New Age, New Thought, Gnosticism. And so what you see today on Christian television with TV preachers like Benny Hinn, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, Joyce Meyer, Paula White, 
Joseph Prince, uh, Stephen Furtick. Uh, these, these, this movement is not Christian at all. It is rooted in the cults. They have, um, they teach very aberrant doctrines, uh, very uh, aberrant view of the nature of God, the nature of man, very aberrant view of the atonement. And their emphasis on health and wealth is just some of the bad, low-hanging fruit off of a rotten theological tree. But uh, I have this seminar now that I've developed entitled Clouds Without Water. And Clouds Without Water is a reference in the book of Jude, verse 12. He refers to false teachers in a number of different ways, one of them being Clouds Without Water. And so what I've done in this seminar, Mark, is I've taken... I've got dozens and dozens of video clips of all these people that you see on television, TBN, Daystar, the Inspiration Network and whatnot. And I, I let people see and hear for themselves right out of the horse's own mouth what these people are actually teaching and then point by point uh, correct it from Scripture. But uh, I, I did my first seminar in 2004 at a little church in Alabama. And ever since then, Mark, it's just kind of um it's just snowballed and and taken off i've never done any advertising or anything like that um it's i've now been i think in 42 states uh preaching and teaching in 26 countries around the world uh, teaching on this and so um but i do some writing and um i have a well, I had a radio program, and very shortly, Lord willing, I'll have it back again. Kind of um, took a hiatus from it, uh, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, <laughs> we're working on getting it uh, yeah. back up and running here shortly. So, yeah, wow. Uh, well, what a what an encouraging story to begin with, and I love what you've been saying. I mean, a lot of the health and wealth is the low lying fruit. That's so powerful to me. Because it goes much deeper, and I think that many people, and I, I'm sure you would agree with this, seem to have no discernment when it comes to these teachers and so-called preachers of the so-called gospel. I mean, would you agree with that? We see it pastorally, people who are just, you know, I would say innocently reading books and watching television and saying, oh, pastor so-and-so said this on television and it was so good, or I'm reading this particular book, you know, by this author and she's just so encouraging, and yet there's, there's a lack of discernment. And I often tell our people, it's not always what they're saying that is wrong, it's what they're not saying, what they're not including, which is the full counsel of God, the full message of God. So, you know, God's definitely brought you to that place uniquely. So let's, let's talk kind of about your ministry now that you're doing, you, you go around, you do these seminars, you do these teachings, would you agree there's a lack of discernment within the, the church as a whole? Oh, absolutely, Mark. In fact, I, I think uh, a lack of discernment is one of the most pressing issues within the evangelical church today, whatever that term evangelical means anymore, who knows? But um, yeah, I, I see it everywhere I go. It is It is. I cannot overstate um, the the crisis, really, of a lack of discernment amongst professing believers today. Uh, so many people who call themselves Christians may at some level sort of kind of know what they believe, but they really don't know why they believe it. 
they they don't study to show themselves approved. And um, if if you're not regularly reading and studying God's word, then you will fall prey to these false teachers. You will. Uh, one of the things that makes false teachers so appealing and so dangerous at the same time is that not everything that false teachers teach is false. Some of it is mm. right. Mm. You know, um, not everything that Benny Hinn teaches is wrong. Some of it's right, but it's that mixture of truth and error that makes it so profoundly dangerous. The greatest threat to Christianity is not from Islam. It's not from Buddhism or uh, some other you know r- religion that is outside of Christianity. It doesn't come from outside Christianity. It comes from within, at least from those who profess to be within. And uh, Satan disguises himself how? He disguises himself as an angel of light. And so it is that truth mixed with error that is so, so profoundly dangerous. And quite honestly, Mark, people just don't, they don't know their Bibles well enough to discern the error that, that comes along. And so they ingest it. And I, I tell people, you could take a glass of water and that water would be fine. But just put in just a couple of drops, drops of uh, strychnine into that water and then drink it and it'll kill you. So a little bit of poison does a great deal of harm. And, um, you know, Paul tells us in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4 there, he says, the time will come when people will no longer endure sound doctrine, but will heap to themselves teachers who tickle the ears. Excuse me. And that is what we are seeing today. We, we are seeing today people who just will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear about sin or repentance or taking up the cross. They want to be told they can have their best life now. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. that the gospel is all about them and God just wants to bless their socks off. And, uh, the, the gospel really now has become in most churches, it's, it's become more of a life enhancement rather than self-denial and, uh, putting to death the deeds of the body per Romans eight and in living a life of, of obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So it, it is a false gospel and, and tragically most people don't have enough discernment to to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you've entitled it Clouds Without Water. As you said, right from Jude, what a powerful little epistle that talks about apostates. So as you've been going around teaching and preaching, uh, what are some things you tell parishioners and pastors to encourage them in this battle? Because I think every pastor that would listen to this would agree we all face this at some point. You know, you get that church member who's reading Battlefield of the Mind. And as you said, right. it has a lot of good truth to it, but it's got those drops of strychnine that are absolutely deadly. Or you get the other church member who says, hey, you know, I love watching Stephen Furtick on television. He's so entertaining. Why don't we do that at our church? And here, you know, pastorally, you're thinking, wow. Uh, that is so far from the real gospel message. That's not what we do at all. So what, what are some things you've tried to do to encourage those parishioners and pastors who want to hold to that fight, um, stand close to that doctrine that needs to be preached and proclaimed? Yes, Mark. One of the things that I really try to champion in my ministry and emphasize is the sufficiency of Scripture. Uh 
Southern Baptists fought the wars over inerrancy of Scripture, and I'm I'm not technically Southern Baptist anymore, but anyway, um, they fought those wars over the inerrancy in the, you know, in the 80s mainly, early mid 80s. Those wars were won by the inerrantists, but where the real battle is being fought today, it's not so much over inerrancy, but it's rather over sufficiency of God's word. And I tell you, we are losing that battle big time, just losing it big time. And um, for the vast majority of people, God's word is is not sufficient. They want to be entertained. They want to have an experience. They want to feel something. They want to get Holy Ghost goosebumps. They want to, you know, they, um, Jesus calling, Mark. Uh, Jesus oh, calling. yeah, that's huge. And, you know, ironically, yeah. brother, where I did my D-men was Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis. And I did it there because I wanted to study under Brian Chapel, who is a fantastic expositor, has written the book Christ-Centered Preaching, very, you know, uh, stable, I would say, evangelical. And yet out of that seminary, which, you know, the seminary didn't have anything to do with it, but out of that seminary comes this young woman who's writing Jesus Calling. And it's coming out of one of our most conservative PCA seminaries, that's Presbyterian Church America, not of America, that's different, PCUSA for our listeners, but coming out of a conservative PCA seminary is this, um, what is her name, Sarah Young? Is that right? Sarah Young, yep. Jesus Uh Calling. And I'm thinking, I I may have gone to class with that girl. There's a potential there, and yet here she's writing these books saying she's hearing extra-biblical revelation from God. And there's there's yes. people that are just soaking this up. Yep, that's right. Jesus calling is far and away. It is light years ahead of every other devotional book on the market, and it's profoundly dangerous because, I mean, you can read and I, I talk about Jesus calling pretty extensively in my seminar, but she claims that Jesus spoke to her in a direct, quotable sense. Uh, she's or he speaks to her in direct quotable sense outside of scripture and she writes down what he is saying well if jesus is calling sarah young and she's writing down what he says then what she's doing is she is writing scripture mm-hmm. that's what she's yeah. doing and all of the devotionals in this book are written in the first person for jesus i jesus will do such and such i am this i am that wow and uh Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it is profoundly, profoundly dangerous. In fact, Mark, uh, one of the quotes I have from her, it's in the introduction to her book. She says this, and this is quote, direct quote. I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, but I yearned for more. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it sounds like, I don't know if you remember this, but didn't you go to Southwestern? Isn't that where you got uh, your seminary degree? I did. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, you know, there in Texas at DTS, there was Jack Deere in the uh, 1990s. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but yes. he was uh-huh. he was let go from DTS because he had some of the similar similar views as Sarah Young is now saying. He said in his book, Surprised by the Voice of God, and then the follow-up book, Surprised by the, the Holy Spirit, where he talks about this, this person— and he, you know, he's referring to a friend, same thing, was going to this church. And it almost makes you think the way he's, he's talking about the church. I, I think he even says in the book, Surprised by the Voice of God, it was a church in California, which makes me think might have been MacArthur's church. And this new believer uh, 
is asking one of the elders at this church, okay, what else is there other than Scripture? And Deer just kind of uses that to say, well, the elders told him, no, that's it. That's it. And the, 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 the young new convert is saying, but what about all this I'm reading in the Bible? All these miracles, all these experiences, do we not get that today? And then Deer launches off in that book talking about, yeah, that's, that's what we're missing. As Christians, we need more than just the Scripture. It can't just be that. And yet here comes Sarah Young now saying that in Jesus Calling. And what, what I'm sure you've seen, brother, is none of this is new. It's the same thing over and over again. It's just a different decade and a different author. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. Different de- decade, different author. That's exactly right. It's And the common denominator is that the Bible is not enough for people anymore. And one of the points that I bring out to people when when someone says the Bible is not enough, my, my question is this. Have you squeezed every drop of truth out of the Bible? You understand it completely from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-17. There is no more truth that you can wring out from it. You have mastered the Bible. And if the answer to that question is no, and it is, then please don't tell me the Bible's not enough. You don't even understand what you have right in front of you. So uh, you, we could all, all of us spend lifetimes and never come to the end of never plumb its, its depths. So, Amen. Yes. Uh, so drink in the Scripture and value what God has already said. You know, just on a practical level, and, and I go back to your testimony where you talked about your neighbor came to you and you yearned, you longed for that healing. Um, right. You know, people, they want the experience more than the promise. That's that's the way I would put it. You know, the promise is the right. Scripture. There's wonderful promises there that can lead to experiences. But even thinking back to you, um, it's that sensationalism, isn't it? And, and also, you know, I had a gentleman tell me, listen, some people go to those teachers not just for the experience. They are drowning men and women holding on to their last hope. You know, they're dying of cancer or they have cerebral palsy or whatever, and they're willing to throw money at these people hoping. Yeah. Um, so when you hear that, you know, you hear the, the, the quest for experience and then you hear some people, it's not just experience, it's experience and desperation. How would you answer that? Because you have that firsthand, you know, knowledge of that. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, it, it is experience and depra- des- desperation. People want to feel something. Uh, they want to have a dream or a vision. They want to uh, experience something, see something, see a sign and wonder. And uh, a lot of people are desperate. But really, Mark, what it what that boils down to is um, a couple of things: a lack of confidence in the sufficiency of God's word and a lack of understanding who God really is. If if you understand who he is, if you understand his sovereignty, then if you have a, a, a right understanding of the sovereignty of God, then you're not going to be dissatisfied. If I had understood the sovereignty of God on any level when I was a teenager and understood anything about his attributes, I would not have been seeking after faith healers. Uh, if our listeners, if 
if you're listening to this program and you have never done a study on the attributes of God, may I joyfully encourage you to do so. Do yourself a favor and do a study on the attributes of God. When we know who he is, when we understand his goodness, when we understand his mercy, when we understand his faithfulness, when we understand his holiness, his justice, his wrath, uh, his sovereignty, uh, when we understand his eternal decree, when we understand who God is, there's no more room for dissatisfaction. Um, you rest in who God is. And um, so all of all of this, if, if people were really studying God's word and knew who he was, then Joel Osteen wouldn't have a market. Joyce Meyer, Benny Hinn, these faith healers and all these prosperity preachers, there wouldn't be a market for them. There wouldn't be a demand for them. And, and the very fact that these are the popular preachers out there is a, out there today is a, a sad testimony to just how biblically illiterate, quite frankly, most professing believers are. So, um, yeah, I encourage people study, do a study on yeah. the attributes of God, get to know him. Yeah, that's powerful. Very good advice. Very sound advice. So just quickly, in your studies of these uh, so-called preachers and teachers, and I continue to say the word so-called because I know they, they claim something for themselves that we would disagree with, I know there's a lot of abuse that happens as well. And I don't know how much your research has brought you into the abuses. There's always the examples of the mega homes and the super wealth but do you have any knowledge of abuses where they've perverted the gospel for their own selfish gain, and they're using the gospel in that way, and it just creates incredible heartbreak in other people? Oh, my goodness. Uh, absolutely. Every single one of them does that. Uh, in fact, when you read in Jude, it says uh, they are hidden reefs in your love feast, feasting, uh, without fear, caring only for themselves. And that is one of the hallmarks of a false teacher. A false teacher does not care about you, does not care about God. He cares only for himself or herself. And all of these prosperity preachers live opulent lifestyles. I mean, just lavishly opulent lifestyles. Jesse Duplantis lives in a 35,000 square foot home. Wow. 35,000 square foot feet. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, Kenneth Copeland mm. boasts that he is worth, well, now somewhere in the neighborhood of $800 million. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, and this money is coming largely, it is coming from the poor, the sick, the desperate, the widows, little old ladies who sit at home and, and they can't get out. And tragically, their only church is this garbage that they see on television. And uh, so, yeah, they absolutely do. It, it, it is the worst of the worst. They just they exploit the most vulnerable people, the poorest people, and they distort the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, it does not get any worse than that, Mark. It just does not get any worse. No, it, it doesn't. And there there obviously will be uh, reconciliation with that. The Lord himself, we know, will judge. He loves the orphan. He loves the widow. And so that's going to be dealt with when Christ returns. But let, let me ask you, so on that line, I vaguely remember, and you, you, I may have this confused, but years ago I heard you speak at the BMA Seminary, and you told the story about someone who was seeking healing from one of these teachers, so-called teachers, and uh, they pulled them to the back room and said, if you'll give me more money, 
will make this work. Do you recall that story, or am I making that up? I do. Yeah, no, Mark. Um, in fact, that was me. That okay, was, okay. Was, I thought uh, it was. And when you yep. didn't say that earlier, I thought, well, maybe I misunderstood that. Okay, so so could you go a little bit more in depth about that? Because I think that right there is a prime example of what you just said. Sure. Yeah, this goes back to when I was a teenager and I went to see Nora Lamb, L.A.M., uh, Chinese woman who came to Vicksburg, Mississippi, my hometown at the time. And so uh, I went with a handicapped friend of mine, went to see Nora Lamb, and uh, was not healed, of course. But before she left, she said, um, she said, I'm leaving very early in the morning. If anybody wants to meet with me before I leave, she said, be back here tomorrow morning at 430. Well, I wanted to come back, and uh, my dad brought me and my friend Justin Fisher, who's also handicapped, brought us back. And we went into the Holiday Inn. She had a little office of sorts there. And um, we walked in. She spoke to Justin and myself just briefly. And then she turned to my father and she asked him this question. She said, what is your financial situation? Oh, wow. And my dad said, what does that have to do with anything? And she said, the more money you give to the Lord's work, the more likely it is he will answer your prayers. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Deplorable. That's deplorable. Yeah. yeah. But Mark, you know, this is, that's not, that's not an exception. That's not the fringe. This is mainstream charismatic, mainstream. I, I just a couple of weeks ago, I was watching Daystar, who that is owned. Uh, the president is uh, Marcus Lamb, L-A-M-B, Marcus Lamb. And he was on there and raising money for Daystar. And he said that, that uh, the Lord is impressing upon him that if people give a thousand dollars, thousand dollars seed, that God will grant them healing. Hmm. You know, th- this is all the time. This mm-hmm. is not the exception. This is the rule. This is the bread and butter of the charismatic movement. It's the bread and butter of Christian television. And um, so it, it is a shame that it's a shame that more of our um Baptist pastors uh, are not speaking out against this. So, yeah. um, and I think right there, I mean, that is what many people do not see that's going on with some of these very popular preachers and teachers who are seeming so benign, you know, so innocent. I mean, I know years ago when I first came to Texas, because Justin, like you, I'm a Mississippi boy. And by the way, you grew up in Vicksburg. I grew up North Mississippi. You got any favorite Mississippi colleges that you like? I mean, Mississippi State or <laughs> Southern Miss or where I went to school, Old Miss. Are you a fan of any of those? Oh, Justin? Ole Miss. That's going to put a strain on our relationship. Yeah, I bro. knew it. I knew it. You <laughs> Southern Mississippi people, you just have it against no. us Northern Mississippi people. Yeah, I, I'm actually a bulldog. I, oh, yeah. wow. Okay, yeah. Mississippi State. Well, brother, yeah. we'll let you repent when you get here, all right? And I'll wash, <laughs> okay. you, I'll wash you in the red and the blue. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so brother, I mean, um, you know, I was uh, talking— um, about uh, this whole thing. So, you know, when I first came to Texas from the Mississippi area, I had watched this Joel Osteen guy. He was just starting up, and he seemed innocent in the beginning. And so when we got to Texas and I took this church, I found out, man, I'm an hour and 
you know, 45 minutes from his church. So one Saturday night, my wife and I drive down there. I just wanted to check it out. I wanted to see what it was. And we Uh went. And what most people do not realize about Joel Osteen, particularly, it is charismatic to the core. I mean, they don't show you that on television. There's there's a whole two hours of service you do not see. And there's a lot of this faith healing. I mean, his mother came out and offered a healing service. Um, You know, his brother came out and offered faith healing as well. And then they they film about 25 minutes where Joel Osteen comes out and he preaches. And I remember walking away from that. This has been 12 years ago. And I remember walking away from that going, man, there's a lot here that people do not see on television. It is dangerous. It is much more dangerous than than the average person understands it's you know we all kind of had this sneaking suspicion back then things weren't quite right with this guy but it just affirmed it going to the church there's a lot of that there so you know i think even with those guys there's things you don't see there's things you don't know they seem so so innocent well they're just trying to help people they're they're trying to be positive they're trying to lift us all up and encourage us what's wrong with that and yet i think what you're saying is there's deeper things underneath I want to go back to what you said. It's the low-lying fruit on the tree. It goes much deeper, much more deadly. Yes, that's exactly right, Mark. It, it is. It, it is a. It is a. Uh, the the theological tree of the word faith, prosperity, gospel is rotten at its core. They have a different God. They have a different Jesus. They have a different atonement. They have a different gospel. Mm. And the the health and wealth, the prosperity aspects of it, as I said, is just a bad, low-hanging fruit off of a rotten theological tree. And and uh, I, too, have been to Joel Osteen's church, and I would affirm everything you just said. Uh, there is a lot that they don't show you. And, and, it's, and it's not only what Joel Osteen says, but it is also what he does not say. Yes. And mm. Joel Osteen, by his own admission, will tell you, I don't preach on sin. Yes, he does. that's right. That's right. He doesn't preach on sin. Mm-hmm. So how do you preach the gospel if you don't preach on sin? Yeah, or hell. I've heard him say on Larry that's King, right. there's too many positive things to talk about. Why dwell on the negative? Right. And yet that's not the gospel. You don't have good news no. without without the bad news first. That's right. Yeah. He is he is smiling and, and leading people straight to hell. Wow. Uh, people follow after him like he is a— Hyde Piper, and he is, um, and he's encouraging people all the way to hell. Mm-hmm. And that may sound harsh, but um, but no, that's the truth. In fact, John MacArthur called him the mouthpiece of Satan, and I agree with that one hundred percent. Joel Osteen is one of the most dangerous people on the planet today. He is one of the most visible and strident enemies of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is absolutely an enemy of the gospel. He is uh, he is a wolf. Now, he's a smiling wolf, but he is a wolf. And uh, I tell people, Mark, the most, the most hateful thing you can do for someone is to know the truth, but not tell them. Yeah. That is the most hateful thing you can do. Know the Amen. truth. Amen and not tell him. It's not that Joel Osteen doesn't know what's in the Bible. Oh, he knows it. He's got the same Bible you and I've got. He just chooses not to preach it. And um, so he is he is leading people 
millions upon millions upon millions of unsuspecting people straight to hell with his with his smile and his feel good happy talk. Amen. Uh, yeah. He is an enemy of the gospel. Yeah, you know, and I've even checked. I've even checked some of the things he said. I've listened to him enough. I've looked at some of his books. He will mention scripture, and when you go look look it up, it's not what the 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 Bible says. He is even right. twisting the scripture. I mean, I could point you in some of the books that he's written to specific pages in the book where he has mentioned a scripture. You go and look it up in any other version, and it, it's twisted. It doesn't even say what he said. And yet most right. people never pay attention. They hear him nope. say, Proverbs says. Well, now, wait a minute. Where in Proverbs does it say what you just said? Because it, yeah. it doesn't. It really doesn't. Or he'll say, you know, Isaiah said, and then you go, okay, where in Isaiah? Because he never references the comments right. that he throws out when he mentions the Scripture. And it's so deadly and so dangerous. Amen, brother. Well, let me let me just move and, and kind of ask this. So you do these conferences. I know you're coming to BMA Seminary. You're going to do an extended version of Clouds Without Water. So just real quickly, kind of tell us what you cover when you do these, these seminars. Um, what are some of the different issues and topics that you cover? Sure, Mark. It's a four-session seminar, the full meal deal, so to speak. I have four sessions, an introductory session in which I talk about the importance of biblical discernment, answering some of the criticisms that uh, come our way, like, um, oh, well, you're not, uh, you shouldn't name names, uh, we'll judge not, lest you be judged. Uh, we, we talk about those criticisms, answer them biblically, just lay some groundwork. And then the first of the three primary sessions is entitled Dangerous Doctrines. We look at the cultic origins of the prosperity gospel, the standard doctrines which they teach that deviate from historical Christianity, like the uh, positive confession doctrine, we speak things into existence, little gods doctrine, they teach that we're little gods, spiritual death of Jesus, uh, the the um, uh, what's called the, the, the kenosis and I know it's a big word, but kenosis uh, theory of Christ, basically that he was just, or the, um, you know, the emptying, they have a hyper view of the emptying of Christ. They believe that he died, completely divested himself. If he ever had it, you know, divested himself of his deity. Uh, and that's, that's a heretical doctrine. So dangerous doctrines is a first primary session. The second session is entitled mangled manifestations. And in that session, we look at, the gift of tongues. In fact, I even give a demonstration to people of how to speak in tongues. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You, you want to share I'm, that now? Any, anything we need to know? Yeah, Should have bought a Honda, well, but I bought a Ford? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually give a de- demonstration. I, I pick on a couple of volunteers, and uh, I show what the gift of tongues would have really looked like 2,000 years ago that it was uh, done by two or at the most three, each in turn. One had to interpret. If there was no interpreter, it was not of God. And it was people speaking in a known foreign language, not unintelligible ecstatic gibberish. Uh, unintelligible ecstatic gibberish, that was actually the pagan the pagan worship that the Corinthians were doing before they heard the gospel and were converted. And so I kind of give a demonstration of of what that would have looked like 2,000 years ago. Uh, Then we talk about people who claim to have been to heaven, Uh, heaven tourism, these people who write books about their 
supposed trip to heaven, Don Piper, 90 minutes in heaven, Colton Burpo, heaven is for real. Uh, and, and then uh, I talk about how God does and does not speak to us today. How does God speak to us? How does he not speak to us today? How do I know when God is talking to me? Uh, talk about that and, and, of course, tie that to the sufficiency of Scripture. So the, the charismatic issues, the kind of more dramatic, flashy kind of stuff on the second primary session. The third primary session is entitled The Hurt of Healing. And in that session, we look at physical healing. Is it always God's will to be healed? If I'm not healed, is it because I don't have enough faith? Uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, by his stripes we are healed. What, what's that talking about? And so that's that is uh, that's the synopsis. That's <laughs> cliff note version of my seminar. Wow, that sounds absolutely phenomenal. I love what you're saying. I really appreciate how you start off talking about the naming names. I've heard people say that before, even in, in preaching. You know, well, why do you name these false teachers' names? I love how you're addressing that. I love how you're addressing the tongues issue, and um, it just sounds it just sounds phenomenal. Uh, a lot of the things you're bringing up are so many things that people are dealing with, and so let's talk about when that's going to be. You're coming to the East Texas area. It is April the third and fifth, if I am correct, at the BMA Theological Seminary in Jacksonville, Texas. If you want more information about this free event, you can go to bmats.edu. That's bmats.edu. You can click on their link, and you can find out when Justin is going to be preaching and teaching at the seminary. And then you're coming to Celtis First Baptist Church April the 4th, and um, you're going to be doing some of this. You're not going to be with us the entire time, but you're going to be doing some of this. We look forward to getting to know you and hearing more about what you're going to be teaching and preaching. So, Justin, we're thrilled about this, and um, we are hoping to pack the house in both events, and uh, getting people to know you better is one way to do that. So as we close, Justin, is there any uh, word of encouragement uh, that you would just give to our listeners as we end today's program? Yes, Mark, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. But uh, I would just thank encourage you. people. You're welcome, absolutely. I would just encourage people to, this is going to sound like a Sunday school answer, but but it's true because most of our folks aren't doing this. Study your Bibles. Don't let the only time you're in God's Word be Sunday morning. Study it. Study to show yourselves approved. And doctrine and theology are good things most people think today oh well that's just for the you know it's just the heady stuff that's intellectual stuff it's not what what's really important is nurturing my love for god that's what you they emphasize love for god over knowledge of god the bible never separates those things the bible always combines them if we truly love god then we will want to get to know him the only way to get to know him is by knowing him in his word and so it is sound doctrine, it is right theology that deepens our knowledge of God. When our knowledge of God is deepened, then and only then will our love for God be deepened. So get in God's Word, read it, study it, get to know Him. The more you get to know Him, the more you will love Him. The more you know Him, the more you love Him, the more you will obey Him, and the more you will glorify Him through a life of obedience. So please, please, please. Get in God's Word. Don't let Sunday morning be the only time 
uh, you open up your Bibles. Amen. Well, thank you, Justin Peters. Can't wait to see you again, brother. We're praying for you. We're looking forward to that event at BMA Seminary and at Celtus First Baptist Church, April 3rd through the 5th, 2018. God bless you, brother. Thank you for being with us. God bless you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. And for more information, you can visit us at keltis.org. That's K-E-L-T-Y-S dot O-R-G to subscribe to Footnotes and learn more about us.